Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Today on the How to Trade Stocks Options podcast, we have the stock market mentor, Dan Fitzpatrick. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance by Redwood Media Group, founder and head trader of 10MinuteStockTrader.com, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, 10-Minute Traders, and welcome back to the How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Please be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And today, we have the stock market mentor himself, Dan Fitzpatrick, on the line. Dan, hey, thanks for coming on. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. As you can see, I I dressed up for you. Yes, you dressed for the occasion. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I uh, I pull a Steve Jobs. I wear the same thing every single time, so I never have to think about what I'm putting on whenever I I've have a I've noticed that. I've yeah. noticed that, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, it's you know, I, I don't get it too dirty. I'm only in it for about 10 minutes a day. So it's it tends to last for a while. Well, that's good. I, I have this. I have my monkey suit for uh, CNBC as well. Yeah. If you look at all the different segments, you'll pretty much see the same coat, the same shirt, maybe a little different tie here and there. But it's uh, hey, it's the uniform. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? I can't remember the source where I got it from. Uh, I believe it was a news source. But they said if you wear the same thing every day. Oh, it was on Shark Tank. One of the notes I had heard on Shark Tank is that they wear the same or similar to the same every time so that they can splice in and out footage from different episodes. And I have done that where I I've like, OK, I've got about a week's worth of stubble. I can use this on that episode and it should be just fine. So, yeah, there's there's a little little uh, tip for you uh, for you entrepreneur podcasts out there. So, yeah, the thing on that, you know, I do videos all the time and you have to if you're if you. <laughs> If you're recording a video and you know you go like, oh crap, okay, I know I have to edit that. Remember to edit it. Mm -hmm. there, <laughs> like there was one time, and I'm, it's kind of embarrassing, but you know whatever. There was one time when I was recording this video, and I said something. I you know made a mistake, which happens, and I'm going like, I'm looking at it. I paused. And then I launched an F bomb and I'm because I'm thinking like, I got to get this video out. I got to get it out fast. You know, I'm kind of under the deadline. And so I was ticked that I had to edit it because typically, you know, I just hit the record button and let it mm -hmm. fly. I forgot to edit it. <laughs> and, and but that's when you know, that's when you know whether you have goodwill built up with your members, because I had people cracking up going like, Dan, hello, hello, <laughs> 30 seconds in, you really need to go in and fix that. It's a family show. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't to I, me and it definitely wasn't to Gary, my brother. <laughs> I, I, uh, I sit in front of a whiteboard and I have sections of my whiteboard. One of them is for edits, just in right. case. I go along the way and I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta make sure I get that out. So yeah, yeah cool. 
So Dan, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, would you mind giving the uh, the podcast audience a little bit about uh, giving some history about you, about Stock Market Mentor, and the the whole Dan Fitzpatrick universe that is out there? Yeah, um, I'll have I'll have to start. You know, I was born. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm we ain't got time for that. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I'm 61 years old, and I've been trading full time since really full-time since about 2000. I first started trading in uh, 2000 or in 1996, but like most most people, I had a full-time job. You know, I had stuff to do. Uh, I was actually a, an attorney. I was practicing law. Oh. Law. Second best job I ever had was suing the government. Uh, <laughs> just didn't pay that well. But, um, so I just, just I just fell in love with trading and I, I just had to get my hands on every single bit of information that I could. And so I kind of did like uh, Cortez did, you know, with his uh, army back in the day where got them all piled off the, the boats and then said, OK, well, I just burned your boats. You can't go home. So my recommendation would be let's go win. Uh, win the war. And so I kind of put myself in that situation uh, where I, I just had to succeed in trading. So anyway, so I did that for a while. I mean, I traded for a while. I'll just give you the high points. And I started communicating by email with uh, Jim Cramer when he oh. was still on CNBC just as a hedge fund manager, you know, Cramer Berkowitz. Uh -huh. And he was really nice enough to answer all my questions. You know, it's all the time. I never asked him what should I buy? What do you mm -hmm. think about this stock? Like I never asked him those questions because I figured that's what everybody asks him. And he did tell me later uh, when we got to know each other that he, he, all, he noticed that. He always noticed that I was not asking him for money type tips, but I wanted to learn. And yeah. so anyway, he offered me a, uh, I thought he was offering me a job to write for the street.com, uh, which I was really flattered, but it turns out all he was offering me was like a chance to audition. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and send in articles. It's a start. They, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's something, you know, I was, look, you know, I'm some knucklehead just kind of banging stocks around. And um, so I wound up getting a chance to write for the street.com. And I wrote actually for quite a while for free, mm -hmm. which was really hard work. But then they had to start paying me because I said, you need to start paying me. And then a while after that, I started Stock Market Mentor because everybody would ask, not, you know, a lot of people would ask, I'd get emails, hey, do you have a subscription service? Do you have, I like your articles, you know, do you do anything else? And I'm always answering no. No, I really don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. And after a while, I'm going like, well, wouldn't it be nice if I said yes, I do? Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started uh, Stock Market Mentor, and I've been doing that. I've been doing that ever since, and uh, it's 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 frankly, I was going to say it's the love of my life, but that would really make my wife angry. <laughs> but I I really love doing. I feel like I'm kind of living the dream. Yeah. Know? Well, that is cool, and and thanks for sharing that. I. There was a couple of things you touched on in there. Um, just this very morning, I was listening to um, an audiobook called The CEO Next Door while I was at the gym. And they were talking about that that principle of 
you know, burning the boats. We showed up here. There's no turning back. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's funny. It's the second yeah. time I've heard that today. And then also um, the, the, the working for free. Oh, man, <laughs> I get that. It's funny because when people say, you know, you need to go out, go out and make sure you get what you're worth or whatever. I don't think that those people have actually gone out and tried to get what they're worth without having an audience. Right. It, well, it's so hard to build an audience. But once you got it, you're good to go. Well, the thing is, people want to like they say, well, you're not paying me what I'm worth. <laughs> no, I am paying you what you're worth right. to, me. Yeah. to me. You may think you're worth more. And that's great. I support you in your quest to make more money. I'm just not going to pay you. So move on, mm -hmm. which is, you know, that's just business. I mean, if the advice that I would give to anybody is like, if you think you're worth more money, then make yourself worth more money. Absolutely. Whatever it takes, like do whatever it takes, be that standout person, you know, in, in your, whatever your job is trading or anything else, like, mm -hmm flipping best at it so that when they're looking for somebody to promote, it's like, well, let's see. Well, Chris is obvious. We're definitely promoting Chris, but is there anybody else? Like be the foregone conclusion that you're the one that's going to take that next step up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that That's something I've tried to live by my whole life. Um, you know, I, I had heard this phrase once before and it's, it's, it's something like, you know, be so good that they know who you are before you walk in the room and you've already got the job before you sit down, that kind of deal. So, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. But yeah. that doesn't come from nothing. You got to put in hard work to get there. You, well, you have to. And one other thing, I, I hadn't thought about this in a dozen years, um, but it's it kind of dovetails into what we're talking about. Most people don't know this. I used to be a professional musician and a vocalist ah. in uh, in L.A. And one of the one of the gigs that I got was singing with John Fogarty of Creedence Clearwater Revival. You oh, know, wow. When he first came back with his Centerfield record. And so we did a live uh, a live deal um, for, it, it was a kind of a pretty big deal. And I was, of course, like starstruck. I'm there with John Fogarty. And uh, the, how I got the job is not important. It's not relevant here. But with these legends like Prairie Prince, this awesome drummer, um, Albert Lee, who's just sick. He's great. Booker T, like all these guys, Duck Dunn, who was the bass player for um, the Blues Brothers and Eric Clapton. Here's my point. I'm talking to Duck Dunn and I really wanted to make it in the music business. So I'm talking to Duck Dunn during the break and he was telling me, you know, he didn't have his pipe like he always had, but he goes like, yeah, you know, when I first started out, I got married. And even before I got married, I told my wife, it's music. It's only music. I'm not, just so you know, I wanna make it in music. I think I can, but I just want you to know if I gotta be playing down at the corner bar, for 75 bucks a night, that's what it's going to be. I'm just mm -hmm. letting you know. And here I'm thinking to myself, crap. <laughs> I got a degree in physical therapy. I got a good job. I'm kind of smart. I'm interested in a lot of things. And here's the payoff. I don't have the determination to make it. I'm looking at this guy. I couldn't be that guy. Because yeah. I wasn't the kind of guy that would burn my boats and yeah. say, that's what I got to do. I don't care 
if I got to play in the corner bar for 75 bucks a night, that's going to go on until I get a job <laughs> doing mm-hmm. else. So my point is, if you're going to, if you're going to do something, do it, just determine yeah. I'm going to do this thing. Otherwise you're just like everybody else. No, that, that's well said. And that, that's, that's some really great advice. You know, you can apply that to so many things in your life, right? Uh, I was just listening to an Ed Milet podcast. Do you know Ed Milet? Do you know who he is? No. He's this really buff. Um, he's the head of World Financial Group, uh, mm. but he's a he's a motivational speaker kind of guy as well. Um, and he he said something along those lines where it's like, you know what, your your distractions, what you're distracted by, should be the things that you're obsessed by, right? And for Duck Dunn in this case, his distractions were his obsessions with the uh, with the music. Yeah. And, you know, for people like you and me, our distractions of trading stocks become our obsessions. And once once those two align, that's when you're heading in the right direction. So, yeah. And you can apply that to so many things. Yeah. And any, on any given day or week or month, you know, just kind of stop and take stock of stuff and go like, what's what makes me the most happy? What, you know, what makes me the happy? All the things that I'm doing, what makes me the happiest? Not what makes other people the happiest, but like, where do I, what, where do I get my jollies in my life? And then like, Mm -hmm. just do more of that. Yeah. Then you're going to be happy. Like if you're and it's a, when you think about it, if your job is a mundane job and you hate it, but you're doing it because, well, I got a family to feed or I got bills or this. Okay. That's fine. You got to do what you got to do. But just recognize that you're probably going to be unhappy unless you have a real mind shift and, you know, put your, you know, put your focus on something else and kind of divorce yourself from the fact that you got a job that sucks mm-hmm. or maybe just find another job that doesn't suck or maybe yeah, that's true. Or on on doing something else. And that's the way it is with trading, too. Like people that are trading, if you want to trade well you really have to love it. You really have to love it. If you don't, you know, buy the S&P 500 and be done. Yeah. You'll never underperform. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. You know, it, it I think it takes a special kind of uh, sick person to want to be a trader because <laughs> I don't know anywhere else where you can fail as often as we do. And yet day after day, you just, you know, put your hat back on and get back to work. Yeah. I I hear you. Um, the reason I the reason I'm kind of pausing on that is because one of the one of the things that's really been that's really been uh, like hitting me in the head so much lately, and I write about this a lot on my morning market thoughts. It's a note that I I write in the morning and send it out to members, and very rarely is it uh, with respect to market related more than um, you know, well, futures are up a little bit, like, and that's it. It's just like stuff that I think about that I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking about, that's what I kind of spit out. And lately I've been thinking about this, about like, why the hell is it that I, that I do what I do? What is motivates traders? And every, everybody's motivated by something that's a little bit different. But the funny thing is what really, really, truly motivates most traders is not making money. It's something else. They're getting, see, you're getting some kind of reward out of it, 
other than making money. Yeah. Um, and you, if you stop and think about it, and there's a there's a, a payoff to what I'm saying here. If you if you're just starting out trading, and let's say you've got a job, and I I don't know what middle income is anymore. Um, let's say you're making eighty thousand a year or whatever. Is that a good salary? Hey, that's a great salary in Texas. It may be middle income in California, but no, no, no. You're you're on an Obama phone, homeless with eight in eighty thousand <laughs> Um, but yeah. So okay, so let's say eighty thousand. Okay, so then and you've got a a five thousand dollar or a, maybe a ten thousand dollar account. Okay, well if you're trading right. You know, maybe you're going to make a uh, $200 on a trade. I mean, let's say, let's use easy math. Let's say you have a $10,000 account. You're just kind of starting off and you make 10% your first year, which if you're just starting off, you're just starting trading. I mean, frankly, making a profit is pretty Making good. anything is great. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's say you're a superstar. First year trading, you make 10%. Well, that's a thousand bucks, which is what is that about? About eighty bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, my point is, the money isn't what's going to motivate you if you have a regular job of eighty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you can take the guy who's worth a you know a bazillion dollars, and it's like he doesn't need the money. So why would a guy like that be trading? It's not for the money. He doesn't need the money. Both people on totally opposite ends of the spectrum with respect to income are trading for reasons other than to make money. And my focus is trade to trade well. Mm-hmm. And the money's just, that's just kind of like how you keep score. Yeah. If you trade to trade well, then the it's kind of like the money doesn't matter. And if you're the guy uh, or the lady who's trying to get to where they're going to be able to trade professionally, but they got to get to that point, then they have to be comfortable with their numbers. They have to be looking at their performance. What's what was my biggest loss percentage wise? What was my biggest gain? What's my average loss? What's my average gain? What are the stupid things that I keep doing time and time again? And how do I not do those anymore? Like Mm -hmm. they have to be really, really self-aware of everything that they're doing trading other than making money. Because I can tell you right now, if you're getting what I call the can't help it's where you look at a stock and you know it's running and you know you're chasing it, but by God, <laughs> it just looks so good, I can't help it. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yep. If you keep doing that, I can tell you what your account looks like. I don't even have to ask you how you're doing. I know. Mm-hmm. You know too, but you don't want to tell me, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the point is, you have to know you have to say you have to have a like forget about the money now why am i trading and your payoff has to be trading well and then you need a process to follow because like i'm a box checker i need i need a list this is in every area of my life i need a list of things so that whenever i check a box that's like an accomplishment <laughs> yay i did the dishes 
check. You know, I mean, yep. that's what works for me. Other people, it doesn't. But self-awareness is a really, really good thing uh, mm -hmm. to have because if you know, if you know what motivates you, if you know what turns you on, then just do more of that. Mm -hmm. And so what I've realized, and this is where we're trying to swing our our members into, is like, you know, don't trade a lot. I mean, if there's a lot of good trades, then sure, go ahead and trade a lot, but trade the right way. Like, don't do stupid stuff. Don't take big losses. Don't take a big trade because oh, I got a real feeling about this one. You know, like, no, you don't get a vote on what the market does. You know, you can just react to it. So take as many things as you possibly can and put them in a formula. And I'm not talking about algorithmic trading or or like a, a trading um like algorithm or a trading process that just fires off trades. You gotta be discretionary. Uh, if there's no such thing as a good black box that at least any of us will know about, because you tell me if you're this way. If I had a black box that worked and just basically like printed money, do you really think I'd tell you about it? No. <laughs> no. You know, I would so, be shoving as much money as I could into it to get even more out, but I'm sure yeah. not telling you about it. Yeah. So the point is, <clears throat> you know, we all have to take responsibility for for what we do. But think about it: like the fewer moving parts you have, the better you're going to do, and the the easier it is for you to progress because there's fewer moving parts to tweak. Mm -hmm. And so. What I see in, you know, in our business and you and I are are kind of in the same business where we're, you know, we're talking trading. We're trying to help people out. We're trying to help people trade better. Well, one of the biggest difficulties from a that a person who's who's trying to learn to trade. One of the biggest difficulties that they have is how many different trading strategies are there? Like, right. Oh, stocks, options. I do futures. You know, I do this. You know, I do the flying triple wombat, you know, double hibachis with the this and that. Like, hell, I just buy stocks and I want them to go up. Yeah. You know, or I sell options because I want them to go down. Like mm -hmm. you, you have you take a basic, basic, basic structure and do it again and again and again and again. That's how you make money. Mm -hmm. It's you just do you say take one thing that you really like one style of trading never do anything else until you feel like okay i got that handled now maybe i'll do this or that mm -hmm. and and see i used to um I'm, i i don't mean this to sound like i'm marketing my website because i'm actually really not but I used to have in Stock Market Mentor, I still kind of have to do this occasionally. Like I'm talking in the same day, talking how to day trade. First thing in the morning, buy such and such, put your stop here, buy more here, raise your stop, get out. Like we'll walk people through trades, boom, 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 boom. And they go like, wow, thanks very much. Can we do another? No, not today. <laughs> Come back tomorrow. We'll do it again. Then I put on a different hat and I'm talking swing trading. And then I have to put on a different hat and I'm talking like trading more of a trend trading thing, kind of more of a longer, you know, buy and hold type of thing in the same day. Mm -hmm. And I'd have people go like, dude, do you realize that 
just yesterday, you covered NVIDIA and told me to buy more. And then today, you're telling people, hey, take your total position off in NVIDIA. And like, how, do, how, do you, how does that work? And the reason is because, well, <laughs> yesterday, I was talking about buying NVIDIA and hanging, this was a while ago, it wasn't literally mm -hmm. yesterday. But, <laughs> right. like, I was talking about buying NVIDIA because it's a nice uptrending stock and it's doing this higher highs and higher lows. Buy the stock. Today, I'm talking about day trading NVIDIA. It popped up you know, 3% or 4%. You gotta take that thing off the table. The point is, the person that's listening to me both days is gonna be very confused. Yeah. How are they going to get the hang of any kind of trade strategy when all they're hearing about is trading? Mm -hmm. It's like like I was talking to you before. It's like somebody saying, like, I love athletics. <laughs> what is what does that even mean? Like the most sedentary guy like loves athletics because mm -hmm. he runs to the bathroom, you know, so <laughs> you have to have a specific thing that you do. And if you have a specific thing that you do, then you're going to get really good at it. This is the kind of trading you're going to do, and you're going to be really flipping good at it. Now, mm -hmm. help other people be good at it, too. You, you do this. You're going to, you know, so we're kind of splitting it up so people can almost kind of like pick and choose. What kind of, not like necessarily who do I like better, but what kind of trading works for me? Because if you're the guy that like, I just want to make money now, you're not going to be the guy that buys high dividend stocks. Right, right. But if you're a guy that has a hard time finding time for the market, but you want to be involved, you're not really going to be interested in 59 minute trading. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of like that's the chat. To me, that's the challenge that most people don't even recognize that they have until it's too late you know, is find what kind of trading works for you. You know, not like what kind of trading works. Any kind of trading works excellent for somebody. Mm -hmm. But find what works for you and then just do that and get really, really good at it. And mm -hmm. so anyway, that's kind of where my current emphasis is you know, now. Well, that's people. As you can. Yeah. No, 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 I was about to say that is why Dan is called the stock market mentor. Because, I mean, look, he just he just went off like 20 minutes telling you about, you know, doing this and doing that. And at no point in time did he say go out and buy NVIDIA or go out and sell NVIDIA. There's so many more intellectual complexities to trading than just pushing the buy button or pushing the sell button. There's a lot more going on out there. Well, and that, that's know, what Dan's talking about. The, this is the thing. And I appreciate you saying that. Um, the, the first time I, I was on CNBC was about like 2006, maybe, or 2007, a friend of mine, uh, Herb Greenberg, who used to, he used to be on CNBC all the time. I don't know what he's doing now. I got to call him and find out. Anyway, <laughs> um, I had said like, Hey, you know, I was kind of stupid at the time. I thought, you know, I could be on CNBC. I had no idea what that meant. And, uh, so anyway, he was able to kind of get me hooked up with some producer, and he said, um, he, he called this lady up, I forget her name, and he said, hey, a good friend of mine, Dan Fitzpatrick, you got to have him on, on CNBC. He's great on television. And so he called me back, 
And actually, I think she called me first and said, like, it was five minutes after I talked to him. And they booked me on the show. Going like, what the hell? Wow. Yeah. And, and then he said, uh, so then Herb calls me back and he goes, you've never been on TV before, have you? And I'm thinking, well, I did sing with John Fogarty one time. <laughs> so I said, nah, not really. And he said, okay, here's the deal. Have an opinion. He goes, have an opinion. It doesn't matter if it turns out to be right or wrong, but don't go on there and say, I don't know. Have an opinion because that's what's important. And mm -hmm. so I did. Well, okay, fine. Enough war stories. Um, and I was on with uh, Peter Schiff, who anybody who knows Peter Schiff, he's the most bearish guy around. You know, mm -hmm. he, uh, he thinks 12 years is too long for this earth to survive. Um, <laughs> I love Peter. He's a great guy. But anyway, the bottom line is, though, that was way back when, after all this time, I could go on C CNBC if, you know, when whenever I want, for the most part, I know enough people to where I say, hey, I got something to say uh, and I'll go on. But for the most part, Chris, like I don't know, like mm -hmm. I don't have an opinion. Yeah, I don't because I've been doing this long enough to know what's not knowable. And that's why sometimes with financial television or with things that people write the way they write, I'm going like. Dude, I've been doing this since 1996. There's no possible way that you can know what you're telling these poor people who don't know any better what you know. Like, you don't know that. And and it drives, as you can see, like, it, <laughs> it drives me crazy because we have an obligation. I assume that somebody who's listening to me, whether it's here or on Stocker Option Market Mentor, I assume that they don't know as much as I do, you know, and so I take my responsibility seriously. Now, the cool thing is when you're actually listening to somebody else, you, you actually want to make the opposite assumption and say, I don't know who I'm talking to, but let me see if I can learn something from this guy, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the way you get better in life. But I look at things now so much differently than I did three, four, five years ago. For me now, it's risk management. It's like, okay, I don't know which way the stock's going to go, but I do know charts and I know how charts work. I know that um, I call it a power cycle. I've started, I, this is the way I look at charts. There's four groups of, um, there's four groups of market participants. There's buyers, boom, you bought. You, you were in that group for a split second. Now you're a potential seller, that's it. So you just went from the ultimate bull, boom, I'm in, to now, at some point, a bear. You've mm -hmm. gone from support to resistance. You just don't know when. And then there's, so those are potential sellers. And then there's sellers. Those happen just in an instant, and then there are what? potential buyers. buyers. So it's like you're exchanging stock for cash or cash for stock. And that's instantaneous. The rest of the time you are potential energy, you're built up energy. And so when I look at when I look at charts in that way, then it makes sense to me. Because I see like, okay, 
the longer a chart is stretched out, like if you look, I don't know if this is interesting to you or not, but it is to me. It's fascinating. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really longer. The longer a chart is stretched out six months ago or six months ago, a year ago or something like, do you really, and this charts, the stock's just gone down. Do you really think that anybody bought who bought six months ago is still going to be holding that stock and they're going to sell it when it gets back to their buying point? No, they've had six months to correct that mistake. Right. They're done. They're out doesn't even matter. Whereas you're trading a stock on Monday and you buy like right at the high and then the stock pulls back a few days and then it starts to come and you're going like crap, you know, I know I shouldn't have bought that stock and not to be doing that, but I did it anyway because I got the can't help it and I just had to do it. So then the stock goes down and you're feeling like an idiot. And then this stock comes up on Thursday or maybe even Friday to your buy point. What are you going to do? You're going to correct that mistake and you're going to say, I think I'll just undo this. It hasn't cost me any money. Sell. Your resistance. Six if you bought six months ago, you're not resistance. If you bought yesterday or the day before, you're resistance. If you were thinking about buying yesterday, but you didn't, and then the stock pulls back and you get an opportunity to buy at the same price, you're going to do it. Your support. If you were thinking about buying a stock six months, six months ago and you didn't and it pulls back to there now, you're not support because you've moved on down the road. You're not even thinking about that stock anymore. So mm -hmm. those are just the kind of ways that I look at charts and it maybe it sounds a little convoluted, but to me it makes a heck of a lot more sense than just looking at these lines and boxes, wiggles and all that. No, that that's actually really good insight. You know, some of a, a lot of the times we lose perspective on, you know, that there are actual humans pushing the buttons out there, right? Yeah. Granted, there are algorithms in place, but the algorithms were designed by humans, and there's institutions that are building positions or liquidating positions as well. So there's there's a lot going into it, and and frankly, I never really thought about the connection of the the human the human pulling the trigger on the other end of the trade and what that that looks like or the potential energy i like how you put it that way of the trade out there yeah it's and when you think about you know i hear uh you know i remember the flash crash a few years ago i was getting a haircut when the, the day <laughs> swear to god it's like it still sticks in my crop I was getting a haircut. The market was nice and docile, and I think it was like 10 o'clock my time or 9 o'clock, I'm on the West Coast. I go in, and it's all well and good. I get my haircut. Pretty nice cut. And then I come out to the car. It was. <laughs> anyway, so I get uh, my haircut. I come out. I turn on the car, and I got Maria Bartiromo shrieking, going like, Ah, the Dow's down uh, 1,500 points or, you know, whatever it was. I'm going like, what just happened? And I'm looking yeah. like, are there any mushroom clouds around? Like, what's going on? I totally missed that whole thing. I actually did make a little bit of money going back. I rushed home and, I don't know, I probably made $5 on Apple something. But the, the point is, like, that's when people really start looking at algorithms and automated, automated trading and, and all that. But this is the thing. 
if you're going to be the person who thinks like, oh, with all the machines, none of this stuff works anymore, mm-hmm. then you really should not be trading because, you know, it's never going to work for you. For me, like you said, and I totally agree because there's no other way, these algorithms are programmed by humans. Okay, so, but what are the programs designed to do? They're designed to look for air pockets in support and resistance. They're designed to do certain things that then capitalize on what they predict human behavior will be. So basically, these machines, for the most part, are just more forceful human beings. They're like human beings with an opinion. (laughs) You know, they're going like, okay, if I do this, if I juice the stock up, this is like artificial intelligence. You know, if I juice the stock up and push it up here, that's going to attract momentum buyers. It's also probably going to trigger some buy stops for some short sellers. And so that's going to start pushing the stock up and that's going to get more buyers coming in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's the way, that's the way these things work. And they're all kind of just, if you understand the, if you understand what's really happening and most people don't, frankly, because they're too busy learning about all these 99 different ways to trade instead mm-hmm. of going like, wait a minute, what do I need to know? Like, not what do I want to know? Cause I'm really interested in this. And I want to know everything there is to know about everything in the financial markets. No, what do I need to know? Hey there, 10-Minute Traders. Christopher Ewell here. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a second. But I want to invite you to come and take my free web training. It's called How to Immediately Use the Same Tools and Secret Weapons the Big Banks on Wall Street are Using so you can avoid wasting time and money choosing the wrong stocks. And right after this, I got a quick clip of it, and we'll be right back into the show. So if you're interested, why not come take the free training? Super simple. All you got to do is head over to 10MinuteStockTrader.com slash free dash training. That's 10MinuteStockTrader.com slash free dash training, and we'll be right back into the episode. So secret number one on this training is how to make 20 times higher returns with 20 times less risk. Now, if that doesn't sound like some clickbait, I don't know what does, but the math actually proves out, and I'm going to show you that and why I use it and why the big banks on Wall Street use it and why, uh, you know, these are the kind of tools that you need right away. Secret number two, how we let the trades come to us using artificial intelligence. And this is a game changer if you struggled in the past. I don't go hunting for trades. I let them come to me and I'll show you how. And number three, my number one trading strategy. It's only so much to know what to trade. My number one trading strategy talks about how I trade. There's a lot of different components here. So number one, how to make 20 times higher returns with 20 times less risk, how we let the trades come to us using artificial intelligence, And number three, my number one trading strategy. Those are the people that will look and they'll go like, huh, why did every index magically turn down at 11 o'clock in the morning? And then why did every index magically turn back up at 11.15 or 11.10 or 11.30 or something. Those are called sell programs and buy programs. They don't just happen randomly. You're not going to get a sell program that hits at 11.38. They happen at 
1130, 12 o'clock, two o'clock. They happen on the even numbers. And so, and they're really, really obvious if you know what you're looking, if you know what to look for. And the reason I think that's important is because stuff like that, honestly, you go like, okay, you know, well, that's, uh, you know, that's some uh, goofy machine. Uh, Vicky from uh, uh, iRobot, you know, that movie, The Artificial Intelligence. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm Detective Spooner. Like, I think everything is crazy these days. But like, that's some artificial intelligence. Somebody pushed a button. Let's sell them and take them down. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. The only thing that it means is that people are going to get freaked out. So it's going to kind of like, you know, you're stirring the stick in a putting a stick in the hornet's nest and everybody kind of buzzes around. But after a while, the hornets are just going to come back to the nest and keep doing what they did before. So if you really kind of understand how all that stuff works, then you know when it's not important. But if you don't understand how it works, you don't know whether it's important. And then it bugs you because you're like, I don't know what happened. And then you're on edge. You're not really sure you were going to do this, but then you see this happen in the market. And so now I don't know. And then you wind up doing nothing or you do the wrong thing. And then a week or a month later, you look back and you go, I don't even remember what the heck I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh I just think all this stuff's really fascinating. No, I, I agree. And and listening to you and your, your perspective on things is really fascinating, too. Like, this is the kind of uh, inside information, honestly, that I'm excited to learn more about. And I know uh, the pod podcast audience out there may not have heard about before. So, man, you covered so much in there. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to think yeah. if there was... <laughs> So what so so with all that being said, what's your approach to trading? Like what what are you looking at now? I mean, you were talking about buying a stock for a couple of days or maybe selling selling some options for maybe a little longer, but but what's Dan's approach to trading? Because okay. you've got so many, obviously. Yeah, I um my my prefer I'm a pretty busy guy and people go like, oh my god, you must trade all day long. I'm going like, no, I I can't trade all day long. I'm too busy with my trading website. And they mm -hmm. go like, tilt, like what? How the, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? I don't have time to trade all day mm -hmm. because I'm busy with my website. There's so much other stuff to do. So with respect to trading, I know my limitations and this is what they are. I do most of my work on like, well, not just my person. What I, what I do in my own account is kind of what I talk about in Stock Market Mentor. I, I have, I don't trade every stock I talk about in Stock Market Mentor because I, I just can't. But um, I do most of my work and my research um, either after market hours or during the middle of the day. Um, I used to kind of trade all day long and then I got tired of losing money. And so what I do, my preferred, my if I had to do one thing, I would be what I would call a trend trader. Mm -hmm. I would look for, and this is what I do most of the time, um, I look for cup and handle formations within an uptrend. That's what I look for. I study. It's kind of a, an IBD, you know, William O'Neill approach uh, with a few little twists. But typically it's I want to find stocks with good growth and good earnings per share ratings and consistency. Those are the only 
fundamentals I look at. I don't know what, to me, PE is physical education when I was in the <laughs> Yeah. Get any of that stuff, I don't care. So my preferred style of trading is look at two fundamental things. And you can look at like operating margins and all that. Honestly, I don't. They're, you're kind of supposed to. That's like the big three. But I know what the revenue is and I know what the sales are and that's enough. And why am I looking at just those two? Because I know that that's what institutions are attracted to. So mm. I wouldn't even have to look at those if somebody would give me a list of the stocks that institutions are interested in buying and are about to buy. That's yeah. the only reason I look at that stuff. And so then I, I look at that and then I look for these stocks within uptrends. And my idea is I want to buy them right. And then I want to be able to hold them and I want to be able to hold them for anywhere. And this sounds like almost contradictory, but anywhere from, from two weeks, to maybe two months and you know you could say well why are you even looking at fundamentals if it's just two weeks to two months and i would say well maybe i could hold them longer but that's just what i do i hold them until i'm happy and if i can make 15 or 20 percent on a stock then that's really good enough for me i mean it's rare you're going to make that in a couple days mm -hmm. uh, or i mean a couple weeks even maybe not even in a couple months but you'd be amazed at how fast you know, you buy a stock at 100 bucks. How many times have we seen a stock go from 100 to 120 yeah. in a month? Or yeah, what? or Netflix doubling in you know six months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's not like it's not pie in the sky stuff, but you know, there's over 5,000 uh, 5, um, stocks that are freely traded. I'm just looking for one. Mm -hmm. You know, so the point is that's the type of trading that I like to do. But here's what most people don't understand. You know how you know how much time I actually spend trading? There, I just bought. <laughs> oh, there, I just sold. I just traded. Like you spend no time at all trading. Everything else is what matters. And so that's what I like is the research. I like I don't just like the research. I like being right. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I like looking at 5,000 stocks and winnowing it down to a list of 15, 20, 30 stocks and then gradually finding one, two, three or four of them that I'm going like, God, these all fit my criteria. Maybe three out of four work out, maybe two out of four work out. And then it's just all about risk management. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to do. But then this and this is where it can be a little bit um, uh, challenging for me. Not everybody on stock market mentor likes to do that kind of stuff. I get people, I'll get people who are saying like, I'll type and say like, hey, you know what? This is really nuts today. Seriously, like, don't buy anything. Or I'm <laughs> telling somebody or making a statement several years ago where this is not an environment where you want to be buying calls or puts. It's a, and you know about this, you're a call mm -hmm. and put seller. Implied volatility is really high. Stocks are really jiggy. You don't want to be buying calls or puts. It's just not the right environment. You're going to lose money. So we're going to be looking for bear call spreads or bull put spreads or short puts or something. That's what we're going to do. 
And I almost immediately get an email from this really nice lady. I'm sure she's probably still a member. And she said, yeah, but my IRA doesn't let me sell calls and puts. I can only buy them. So what should I buy? Oh, yeah. I'm going like, come on. I just told you not to do. I can't find anything. And you're saying, well, you got to. So what do I do? Like, Mm -hmm. you can just. Excuse me, I'm sitting <laughs> for a day. It's really okay just to do that. And you'll make more money. Well, like Jesse Livermore said, you know, he made more money sitting on his hands than anything else. Because it's not, you don't make money when you buy or you sell. You make money on what happens in between when you do that. And you don't get to, remember I said like potential energy? Mm-hmm. You buy, and then your potential selling energy. You sell, then your potential buying energy. You make money when you are potential energy. You make money when you're sitting there doing nothing, letting other people chase the stock, letting other people dump the stock. And so what I like to do is in the mornings, I like to capitalize on that. Because remember, I just said I like to buy these stocks, good growth stories, institutional buying, ride them up until I'm pretty happy. And by the way, along the way, maybe I might add to the position. Maybe I might say, oh, crap, I'm wrong on that one. I'll sell. Manage risk. Limit your losses. And then, oh, crap, I got shaken out. Well, okay, I'll buy it back. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you got married and then divorced and then fell in love again. It's just like buy and sell a stock. It's, it's done. So during the mornings, I look at, at day trades. I, I love doing that stuff. I just actually took uh, – uh, I, I – what I did was I cranked out an uh, I I cranked out an iron condor last night on Amazon mm-hmm. uh, for earnings minutes, about three minutes before you'll see this on the website I just didn't have time to like get everybody else into the trade about three minutes before the close weekly options expiring today mm-hmm. and I sold the 1950 call $5 wings on each side, 1950 call and 1850 put because the stock closed yesterday, I think around 1902. Yeah. I'd move was like 36 bucks. Um, I, I sold it for, I want to say 225 and, uh, I closed it for 90 cents today. Mm -hmm. And the reason I closed it, frankly, all because I was going to do this podcast with you, uh. And I had, I had other stuff that I'm working on, and the, I don't get nonchalant with money. If I was going to leave that trade open to get that last 90 cents, I would want to be watching the market. Mm-hmm. And because I don't know what Amazon's doing, maybe it's imploding, and I would have gone like, oh, crap, you know, I knew I should have closed it out. So I'm going like, sell it for two and a quarter, buy it back for 90 cents on like less than, I guess, what, about 15 hours worth of work? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll yeah. do every day. So those are the types of fast trades that I like to do. But after like 10 o'clock or 1030 in the morning, Chris, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Now I'm working on, I'm looking, I'm researching. I'm in the, well, I'm in the forum a lot anyway, but in our trading room, but I'm doing the research and I'm reading. I read trading books all the time. Oh, really? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm a, a, I'm not going to turn the thing around, but I'm in, <laughs> it's okay. And I got this big wall full of books and 
you know, frankly, most of them, to be honest with you, they're not very good. A lot of them are, are repetition. Um, yeah, I got uh, Edwards and McGee. I got Pring. I got Murphy. You know, all the big technical um, indicators. Yeah, technical analysis of the financial markets, Dorsey behavioral trading, um, that kind of stuff. I got a bunch of them, but I learned so much from uh, Mark Minervini. Who's oh, yeah. Become a friend of mine. He's a great guy. And, um, He's written a couple books that are are really, really, really good. They're not as I don't know if Mark will ever see this podcast, but um, like they're they're not as accessible as you might think. And the reason is because it kind of requires a lot of work. He, everything is easy to understand. He really does present stuff in really easy um, in a real easy format. But you have to really have a burning desire to learn how to do this stuff. And mm -hmm. he's like the curly in uh, uh, city slickers, like one thing. He has his style of trading, and that's all he talks about. Mm -hmm. He does trade a little bit on the side here and there, but like underneath the radar. Uh, I know that for a fact. But, um, but he has this one thing that he teaches, but it's like numbers, numbers, numbers. You got to know what your numbers are. What's your average profit? What's your average loss? All that stuff. And it requires a lot of, uh, it requires a lot of work. Um, and, and I've found it to be incredibly difficult to log mm. on trades and look at the charts and review and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. Um, but uh, the big thing for me was I have the best of intentions on Monday or I have the best of intentions this week or next week, but by two weeks from now or three weeks from now, you know, I kind of get behind, life got in the way, I stopped logging them. And then the next thing you know, another month goes by or two and you're going like, crap, I can't go back and log in all mm -hmm. grades. Like, yeah. so then you don't do it, but that's how you learn. So what we're actually doing, and I haven't ever said, that's why I'm going like, mm, well, I say it, um, I haven't really announced this or talked about it before, but we're putting together a process. Like there's a bunch of different trading platforms out there. I mean, uh, trade tracking platforms out there. Mm -hmm. I've looked at a lot of them. Some of them are, are really, really robust. Some of them really aren't, but really all of them are kind of difficult to use. And, if, you know, it's like, oh, well, we, you know, your trades can be, you import your trades, you know, so, okay, I'm some old fart on a thinkorswim platform. I don't know how to import trades. Right. I don't like, I'd like to import cigars from Cuba. <laughs> so they got to figure that out. Upload it onto the software. Well, crap, that doesn't work because I trade stocks and options and mm -hmm. the thing just kind of flipped out on me. So now they're going like, it's a good thing I'm in my free trial. Cancel. So yeah. it doesn't work. A lot of it doesn't work. What we're actually doing, and I've just like designed it myself. I mean, as a trader, not as somebody who wants to sell an app. Because if you just want to sell an app, you're going to put every bell and whistle you possibly can in it. So you have a big long list of things that it does. For mm -hmm. me, I'm going like, no, that's not a feature. That's a bug. 
I want to have like a handful <laughs> of things, like the only things that I personally need to know so that I can know where I am in my trading and where I'm going. And those are the only things that we're going to put in. And mm -hmm. we're actually going to make it so easy that if, if you, you're like either so, so lazy or time efficient or just like have no desire to import your trades and all that kind of stuff, we'll do it for you. Ah. We'll do it all for you. You don't have to do anything else. We'll just like, just log in and, and look and see how your results are. You're going to get to study the charts, like where you bought, where you sold. By the way, I don't think they're around here anymore. I had a red and a green thick felt tip pen. I used to print out stacks of charts and have to go through my account statement, green for buy, red for sell. And then I'm looking to see where my tendencies are. That's oh, wow. what I used to have to do. I would come in on a Saturday all day long. And a lot of times, don't tell God, I would even work on Sundays sometimes uh -huh. you know, um, to do that. And, but I learned so much about my trading. But right. the thing is, honestly, I don't expect you to do that. I don't expect anybody to do that. It's really, really hard work. Mm -hmm. you know? But you need to do that. You have to. So it's like the very thing that people need to do is the thing that they don't want to do. And I get it. It's a, it's a nightmare to do. So I kind of thought, what if we do the same thing that everybody else does, only we approach the stuff that they hate to do by <laughs> they they always cancel. And I've talked to a bunch of traders that, who like, yeah, I tried it. It didn't work. I pay, I did it for a month. Why? Well, I just wasn't really doing it. Like basically you're lazy. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Not a pejorative term, but you know, just, you didn't want to do the work. What if it could all be done for you? And then you could just go look at your results and you could, mm -hmm. you could do what you wanted to do. Then everybody's like, I'll do that. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, that's an opportunity, not just for me, but for anybody. So anyway, I, I'm honestly not marketing that because you can't buy it. We're still process, we're still programming it. Uh -huh. But that's something that, in my view, at least for our members, that's going to be groundbreaking. We're, well, I that's cool. This for a long time, and I taught a class actually on this a while back. People went nuts. Mm -hmm. I went like, oh my god got to do this so wow anyway so but it all just comes down to again to kind of wrap it up um it comes down to why do you want to trade mm -hmm. ultimately you want to make money but that can't be your motivation right your motivation has to be trading well and what if you can you can and you don't know whether you're trading well till you know what the heck you're doing you know when we're out driving the only way you know that you're driving well is because you're staying in between the lines. Mm -hmm. And if the road turns, like you have to turn with it, you have to. Otherwise, you know, how do you know whether you're losing weight or not? It's not how you feel because, I mean, think about this. This is actually a pretty good analogy. Um, if you don't, you fast one day or you skip breakfast and lunch or whatever, well, I feel like I'm a little bit lighter. I'm losing weight. Great. That's called a winning trade. And then you go pig out on ice cream and whatever else at night, have too many things to drink. And then you wake up in the morning 
and you're hungover and you're happy, <laughs> you feel sluggish. Well, now you're losing weight. Well, that's a bad trade. Well, you're going to have kind of both. But what yeah. you need to do is be able to have a frame of reference going forward so that you're always able to know, like, you know what? Maybe I didn't need that second cocktail. You know, <laughs> maybe I didn't need to skip breakfast and lunch. Maybe I just need to eat a little bit better. And let's see if we could get that scale to gradually go down. So you're making these corrective actions. How could trading possibly be any different than that? Mm -hmm. The only reason it is, is because people allow it to be. They, right. it's, it's like sitting at the slot machines with an unlimited number of quarters. Ultimately, the slot machine's gonna get them all. But if mm -hmm. you're not keeping track, you're not even gonna know they're going until you only got a handful left. So right. that to me is the key to trading is to, to know that your motivation is to trade well and then have a process for getting there, for actually getting to where you can look at it and say, yes, I am trading better. My average loss is now you know, three and a half percent, whereas two months ago it was 5%. Mm -hmm. My biggest loss was 5%, whereas my biggest loss three months ago was, oh my God, that one that went down <laughs> before I fell. That's, yeah. how, that's how you get it. Because otherwise it's a typical thing. Any, any fool can make money in a bull market. Yeah. I want you to make money in your life. Right. To me is a better metric. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. We just did most of an hour with the stock market mentor. Here. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, um, that's really great to hear all this stuff from Dan. I, and, and I hope you guys will go and check him out at Stock Market Mentor and, and really reach out to him. Dan, do you have social media that people could reach out to you at? I do. My Twitter account. I don't do Instagram and all that stuff. I don't do any Facebook. We have a Facebook business account or a thing, but I, I'm not a Facebook guy. Twitter, it's a very complicated handle. Dan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Ooh, hope you guys can remember that one. <laughs> that's it. And you can email me too. I don't, you know, dan at stockmarketmentor.com. And that's literally like my personal email address. I mean, I have. Well, there you go. But yeah. yeah, make sure to send him all of your spam and all of your newsletters and everything like that. I have <laughs> for those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I really appreciate the fact uh, that you would come on and, and really share uh, your wisdom. I mean, honestly, this was just mostly you. I mean, I got to sit back and listen to you for, for all that time. And I hope that the audience out there can really appreciate the, the knowledge bomb that, that Dan just gave us here. Uh, it was a significant amount of content that we went through. And I I would honestly suggest that maybe you listen to this at least more than once to go back and, and pick up any of the notes that, that uh, maybe you had missed along the way because Dan covered a really broad range of topics. And you know what? Well, like we said earlier, it's not about the buy button. It's not about the sell button. It's everything in between. It's it's the game that happens between your ears that really is, is what makes you successful in trading or any other thing in your life. So, yeah, Dan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, this was really wonderful. And thank you guys for tuning in to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications so you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, did you realize that you could get the secret weapon that every investor needs right now to start changing your financial future for free? 
Yeah, that's right. Just head on over to triplestockprofits.com and download your free Triple Stock Profit System ebook today. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, who is content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit timandstocktrader.com slash legal. Thanks for stopping by.